Did you start it? I accidentally hit the button. Oh. So you were talking about Star Wars and things? <laughs> I mean. I didn't know I did that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another time? conversation on First John. Uh, we had kind of a rough start there. But uh, today we are continuing our conversation. Greg is deciding if we're going to restart or not. No, we're not. This, okay. is, the, uh, this is the week that isn't a real week. Really? Again? Oh, yeah. yeah no, right just now. like the week between Christmas and New Year's. Every day is a Sunday. <laughs> it just it just feels like nothing works. It's limbo. Like you don't plan anything for this week. Yeah. You just like, when when you do plan things, everyone's really late because they just sleep. Yeah. I bet the whoever's in charge of the economy, which I guess nobody is, but like this is an expensive week. Hmm. Like the loss of productivity is massive. Which is funny because the coffee shops have been. Pretty but yesterday was busy. Yeah, just Tuesday was the one day that. <laughs> but the, I'm the, the in the corporate, in the banking, yeah. in the in the high rises of the world that I, I'm assuming that whatever they do turns into money. They're not doing it this week. Nobody's selling anything. Nobody's like you know all the like deals, contracts, yeah, all that stuff is on pause. All the finance people are in getting the year end stuff. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, I think on the flip side of it, uh, I, we've I think we've been trying to do it to haven't we? I've been trying to do it to live this week a little bit slower. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, in the series of not knowing what day of the week it is, uh, because of past. The weekend before going into Christmas was a little bit different. And then Sunday with only doing an evening service, that felt super weird. Strange. Yeah, man. Driving like, cause I went somewhere. I don't know where I went Sunday morning, but I was like, nobody is out. <laughs> like, yeah. It was great. Yeah. I went down. I was telling Scott, uh, yesterday. Yeah. I went down to uptown cause we had an old breeze to use the coffee shop for an engagement party. And then I went, drove down there early the next day because I want, didn't want to make sure it wasn't a mess for the opener. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see a single car parked on the <laughs> or driving on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so nuts. weird. Yeah. Then Monday being strange that that was Christmas mm-hmm. and then the remaining blur days. And so how... I don't even know what today is. Yeah. I always feel that every day is Friday. You're correct. Today. And today is Friday. <laughs> But it has felt, I every day has a feel, and I have not had any of those feels all week. Yeah. That it's Friday? No. Or it doesn't feel like Friday. It didn't feel like, feel like any, any of the day. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a day. It's just, yeah. yeah. Which is, again, uh, I've had family in and out of town, and I've been able to spend some time with them, and hope other people get to do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... It, <laughs> Here we are. And then it's going to be a little bit thrown off again because Monday is New Year's Day. Yeah. That'll... This throws it off again. Yep. It kind of... It's a very... It's like the Minnesotan conversation about the weather. Like, it's obligatory. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many times I either said or heard, man, if all this rain was snow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is true. But, man, that is a very Minnesotan conversation. It just usually it's in October, not in December. Yeah, 
And we're gonna we're probably gonna make it into twenty twenty four without any snow on the ground. Yeah, we'll make it. We did. It's here. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm a week off apparently. Yeah. But uh part of the obligatory conversations as well, this is not just Minnesota, but I'm sure the conversations about how this week, the week between Christmas and New Year's is unusual and uh um, people say every year, doesn't matter what day the holidays land on, they go, it just is strange that Christmas is it's on a Monday. But if wait four years and people say, oh, it just messes everything up that Christmas is on Wednesday. No, there's there's one day that, maybe this is just me, but there's one day that if it's on that day, everything is corrected. And it's Thursday. Because if it ends on Thursday, people take Thursday, Friday off, and then they have a weekend. But also, Thanksgiving's on Thursday. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense. So, Rich I is... never know when things are. Every year I ask Kelsey, <laughs> when's Thanksgiving? And she goes, it's always a Thursday. Yeah, it's always. It's, that's a good, we should uh, propose that to, yes. again, whoever's in charge of economy and also the days of holidays. Okay. Uh, that think Christmas should be four Thursdays after yes, Thanksgiving. Just four Thursdays after done. That's it. It's good. It would make everything feel good. You should just start celebrating that then. Ooh. This was the first year that the Ukrainian yes. Christmas, whatever, celebrated on Christmas Day. Christmas Day as opposed to the 26th. Interesting. Yeah. You can move it. It's an option. Next year. Right. Christmas on. Wait, let me check. <laughs> oh, no. Today we are, as Rich is looking up, Derver. Something about love. Um, yeah. What is love? I do think the the concept of loving others is okay. Go ahead, say what your that's stupid. Lands on the twenty fifth. No, it lands on the twenty sixth. Yep, you have to celebrate the day after. All right. You're committed now. I'm doing it. 26th this Christmas Day. You all heard it here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, first John has a intense repetition of a couple of different things. And uh, the end of the, the book here has really tight, repli- I mean, repeats over and over again. Is that focus on who Jesus is. He's the Messiah, he's the Savior, he truly is God, he truly is man. Uh, he, for the forgiveness of our sins, uh, and in response to that, live a righteous life. And then the oscillating back in living that righteous life is the way to do that, to be that, mm-hmm. is to love others. And uh, the if it, if it was a quiz, I think this is a good way for me to process it, is to think that... <laughs> You know, if if there was a a massive test in, in the education world, and the focus was just to know, you know, definitions and terms, um, that memorization of that can be complicated. This this is in turn is a very simple quiz or test. And, you know, you can it can ask for different aspects of love. Who should you love? How should you love? And be able to answer those things. The problem is. Uh, being able to answer those on the Scantron, which I don't think they do anymore. They don't do Scantrons? I don't think so. They have to do Scantrons. I think that's to 1988. 
It's so much. I think scantrons are forever. Really? Do you think they have upgraded to where a teacher could scan your scantron no, with I... a phone app now Ooh. instead of putting it through that machine that they probably paid $120? <laughs> Yes, there is an entire room of that makes loud noises as they slice through the scantron. Pretty sure a scantron and the ballot counting machine are the same. Oh. Mm. Yep. It's, and wow, we've, this is a hard pivot <laughs> here. It's apparently January. Starting in a couple of days, the SAT will no longer use scantrons. Huh. Electronic version. Rip. It's coming. You can do your test on your phone. Anyway, also, so, I didn't do a lot of research. Don't at me. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> well, so back to this is that love from the Scantron multiple choice, true, false, is very simple. But bringing it into the actions of what you do, I don't know if there's anything that would be, I mean, maybe everything is this complicated, but this is, it's very easy-ish to get the concepts. It's super hard to actually play it out, live it up. And um, that's that's exactly where the heart of the author of First John is really trying to get us to dig deep into is not just like, do you guys not understand? They would say, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. But uh, will you do it? Will you bring it to the complex places of your life and live it up? And uh, his big declaration is that uh, this is how you should love others. You should lay down your life like Jesus did. Go. <laughs> and go. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Is that it? Are we done? <laughs> well, unless we want to try to define what that means. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh, uh, probably should. Yeah. Which, good luck. No. Yeah. Well, well I think the, the easiest... I mean, application of that is to feel like you should physically die for people. It seems like a one-time, one-shot deal. <laughs> but if it's not a one-shot deal, that's when it gets to be way, way more complex. What does it actually mean to lay down your life? It is one-shot deal. It, the, the ultimate, the declaration of... But what if... What are the, I mean, scaling it back, that... But in any moment, it's the... Uh, yeah. When, like you uh you can try as hard as you want to plan to be a person that lives down their, lays down their life for other people but all you really have is whatever moment you're in now the chance mm -hmm. to do it right now yeah and also i think that it's not finality in a physical sense but uh if if laying down your life is being selfless it is selfless. Selflessness, uh, at least in perception, doesn't feel sustainable. Like everything in our world says, be selfish in order to be able to continue on. And so it's the flip of that. It's like, I'm going to meet, see your, see and meet your need before my own. Well, that, I can only do that for so long. It's like the world map or math. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> It, it is sustainable in the like the miraculous, but also just the better to give than receive. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I definitely know people who 
have gone off the deep end of mm. like where they stop taking care of their own needs yeah to try and meet other people's needs and then long term they are no longer able to meet people's needs because uh they have nothing yeah. to to give any longer mm. i don't know I, I find it very complex like i think i honestly think part of laying down your life for people is taking good care of yourself i think like the how do i how do i be the best version how do I serve my community best? Well, part of that is being the best version of me that I can be yeah. in a lot of different ways. And so there is this tension of like, how do you take care of self without going over the board to selfishness? And how do you care for others without going overboard and destroying your ability to actually help people? Yep. We, we get little glimpses into it in the Gospels that Jesus is getting away for his own time. Uh, the, it, I, I think it is true that he was going away to pray, but also part of that was a moment of, of self-reflection, of processing, of being alone. The, the moment when the disciples get to Jesus and he has a fire made and he's making breakfast and mm -hmm. he's cooking fish and all that. Like I resonate with Jesus so much in that moment. It's like, I just want to be on the beach cooking. breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> And like, yeah, that sounds recharging. Yeah. Right. It, and then a massive amount. It, again, it's uh, the perspective that the gospels being written by disciples is that, um, a lot of the writing is of their moments together too. Uh, sometimes it's the picture of them having focused or isolated conversation in the midst of crowds of people, but sometimes it was just them uh, just alone with Jesus. And that's part of being healthy as well. And then also, I think, Greg, to your point in that, is that Jesus, so many of his selfless moments were like commuting moments. You're going from here to there, and this opportunity availed. Uh, this need you know, came in front of us, and uh, by far, I, I get my faith says that the Gospels don't tell every single moment. But uh, in in these moments, when you think about being selfless, it's being selfless and loving like Jesus did in the moment that is now not the stone, the moment that was planned or orchestrated. Yeah. The way to do that is not just, it is knowing what love is, but it's building it as a habit, not necessarily having it as a knowledge-based thing. Yeah, it's definitely a something to be practiced. I don't know, like, if you sit down and, like, if I told you right now, Scott, you need to... Love me. You need to <laughs> love Rich better. Do it right now. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> like, what does that actually mean? Like, yeah. you can't. It's such a weird, weird thing to think about. Well, it's been in the it's been the theme in First John is that you to love is it's not an emotion or a feeling; it is an action, and so it's not something you can just like strain. Do it. 
do it more, do it harder, but rather it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it involves actually seeing. You can't, you can't love and meet a need or do something unless you see what is actually needed or wanted. Yeah, awareness is usually the first step to love. And then, yeah. I think that we're going to play a little bit about it with it on Sunday is the, the quiz. Are you smarter than a fifth grader quiz? Yeah, I failed that. Oh, man. And I'm not I, smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> I think the thing that is really like telling in that is that if you ask a bunch of questions that at some point in your life you probably had, like, focus on it. Like the, the premise of the game is that you in your in fifth grade year, you took a lot of classes or your classes focused on these things. So they're fresh in your mind and now they are not. And, uh, <laughs> and so if you don't have continual focus on something, it fades mm -hmm. intensely. And even like the skill of being able to figure it out, like, like there's only one math question that we're going to do. And I just, I can do it. I just don't want <laughs> And yeah, and I think that that's such a powerful parable to what it is to love like Jesus is does, and that if it's something you focused on in the past or something you become just let it fade, fade, uh, you just won't do it. You got to go back. Yeah, try awareness first step. Try second step. It, it love is kind of a chicken and egg thing. Like, yeah, you uh, sometimes you have to like do it when you don't feel it, and yeah. sometimes you do it because you feel it. Yeah, and there's some some tension in that of like, if you only well, if I only showed my wife I loved her when I felt that whatever that is, that feeling like you first start dating or Twitter patient. Yeah. Butterflies? Butterflies. Yeah. yeah. If I only showed love to her or people when I had, like, whatever that feeling is, uh, I probably wouldn't be very loving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> it, it, that comes out of a lot of, like, it's convenient to do it when, and every other time, it's, like, out of just choice because mm. of value. Commitment. Yeah, well, I think the we're going to bring the parable of the Good Samaritan into this conversation. Um, I mean, it is exactly what you're talking about, is that if you're walking down the road and you see somebody in need on the side of the road, and you don't feel it, <laughs> you're going to keep on going. Uh, the priest and the Levite walk by in the parable that Jesus shares, and the Samaritan, which is so intentional in this parable that Jesus shares is because the person who would be least likely to stop would be a Samaritan from their perspective, from their perspective. Yeah. And uh, not that Samaritans were bad people. They just assumed they were bad people because they treated them badly. Yes. And so here is a moment when somebody who they had treated badly in this parable stops. Who they thought were less than. Less. Than. Yeah. Stops, yeah. stops and helps. Uh, which again, that's beautiful in this picture because how do you selflessness and it's not self-defaming, but it's a perspective of like this person's need is more important than mine. 
less than. And so he meets the need and goes to this extreme. And I think that if we see this as like, so who is the neighbor, the Samaritan? We get it. I get it. I can answer the Scantron questions. (laughs) But if we don't take this as personal, the like, if I would retell this parable, it's like the road from Jerusalem to Jericho has thousands of people in the ditch. There are, the road is like, there's traffic jam. There's so many people going on the road, but there's also, there's everywhere you look, there's people in the ditch. Now, the way that you can read that parable and go, all right, well, where's the Samaritan to meet all of these needs? That's, that would work for one or two people. It starts to really degrade quickly. If one person has to do all of the selfless loving like Jesus. And so the call is that, we all need to see who's on the side of the road. It's not a matter of like elevating the Samaritan. It's elevating the need for all of us to step up. And uh, what a, again, broken perspective is that it, I can feel myself doing it. It's like, wow, the Samaritan, that is such a beautiful, idealistic picture. Man, I can never do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that it's, it's an easy step. No, no, it is the. This is where my mind went, but the. I think there's, like, also a commitment to follow through for caring for people because yeah. when you, tr- if you go, hmm, I'm gonna care for this person, and then you do the thing, but you go, okay, bye, and don't like, there's no support, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, and I, I just mean like in the in the Good Samaritan story. Yep. The foresight was broken person, like body broken, bandage, clean, take, and then go, hey, this is like, this is the next couple days. Yep. I want to make sure this person is cared for. And then he comes back and whatever. But it's just like, sometimes, I'm not saying don't help people, but sometimes it's like, well, I'm going to go help this person. And you try to you do something and then go, okay, bye. And yeah. they're in a worse spot. It doesn't make sense. Like, yep. just commit. Yeah. Well, that's part of I the... I would, I would say, don't you think the Samaritan... The, if the if all a Samaritan did was go down there and bandage up a wound, isn't yep. this, aren't they so better? Yes. Yes. They are. But that's not like... Yes. That's why I said I'm not saying go to help people. But I just mean, if you're gonna if you're going to take someone to a spot... There's levels. Bandage a wound, great. <laughs> Take someone to a, a hotel so they can rest and and get better. Sure, unless they wake up and have to pay for it, then it doesn't make sense because they don't have the money to do that. So you, it, whatever you're doing, you need to make sure you're yeah. like the follow through of care. The is. genius of the parable is that bandaged, brought to the inn, says, "Here's some cash." Mm-hmm. Um, I'll come back. So there's the, the degree of delegation and not having to do it all, which is, that's powerful and complex. And then, but then also taking part of the selflessness of it is like, uh, you go, listen, I did what I could. I'm out. But to take it to this extreme of going, no, I'm going to, I'm going to come back. And really, really quickly, I can feel it in me. is like, listen, that's really cool, but I can't do it for everybody. And I think that Jesus would go, exactly. 
we are don't we need a roads crowded with Samaritans, not with the priests and Levites, proverbially. And and so, like again, the for us to love, like the author of First John is calling us to, is not just a hey, don't you want to go to heaven? But it's rather the call is uh, this is God's plan. His covenant relationship with us is for us to be a blessing to all people in relationship with him. And if that is just a handful or the really good people, I always go in my ma- my mind and just go, like, listen, Gary and Noel can do it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, as amazing as they are, they can't. They can for the people that are their neighbors. But I have to live that out for that calling in myself. Yeah. yeah, I think the the you brought up the <clears throat> calling be a blessing to all nations, the covenant, and that the wording, the practice, the reason that uh, the Israelites set up their communities the way they did was because that the being a blessing to all nations was seen as the path to bringing heaven to earth, God's mm-hmm. presence to earth. Yep. And so in this moment, when the Samaritan meets a need for somebody who has a large need. Uh, that is bringing heaven to earth. That's God's presence at work. Yeah. And so, like the, it can be overwhelming to say, "How do I meet all the needs I see around me?" But it's less overwhelming when you say, mm. "How can I participate in bringing heaven to earth? How can I participate in seeing God's presence be realized in the moments that are around me, in the needs oh. that I see?" Yeah, and that's the. <clears throat> actually being the answer to prayer as opposed to saying, I will pray for you to James to, because, you know, is to just like, just be walking down the road and going, be well, be well, be healed and keeping going. And like, I will pray for you, that, which is beautiful in some sense. <laughs> but the, the calling, you know, when we often in the corner church world say that word of being an answer to prayer and that is not superseding or taking God's place. That's God's plan. And uh, and so when we uh, don't love like Jesus loved, we are breaking. We're the, the broken part of God's plan. No responsibility. That is a great ending to our podcast. No, you should be the final. No, I love that. That's good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.